0: Welcome to the Hyper Combo Finish Podcast number 11. I am your host, Chris McGuire, and this is also your host, Marie Kerr. Hey, Chris! Hey, Marie. It's (laughs) been a lot of things happening this week, hasn't it been?
1: It's been a busy week, sir.
0: Yeah, in terms of life, but also in terms of games. Yay, games! (laughs) And uh, as part of my homework that you gave me, I bought and have been playing Call of Duty.
1: Oh my god, Call of Duty, yes!
0: Specifically Advanced Warfare. Um, yes. Kevin Spacey edition.
1: Uh well that's well, okay. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've only been playing multiplayer uh, like you suggested. I didn't touch single player at all. Funny about that is on the PC it's actually two separate like programs. One is like Call of Duty multiplayer and the other is Call of Duty single player. Like that you can't get from one to the other.
1: Yeah, I um I am not a story mode person for Call of Duty. I have played them and been burned. But I I have heard that Kevin Spacey is very Kevin Spacey in this version. And so if you're a Kevin Spacey fan, there's Kevin Spacey galore for you if you'd like to play it.
0: You can stare into his cold, dead eyes all you want. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And he has that hairpiece from uh, House of Cards. He's essentially Frank Underwood from House of Cards, but in a video game.
0: Does a hairpiece count if you're made out of polygons?
1: Yes, because I imagine it's a separate... That's got to be a separate thing, right? They have like Kevin Spacey, like scan, body scan model. And then they're like, and a hairpiece.
0: I wonder actually if they set up a skeleton for the hairpiece individually so that it would move independently from the body.
1: Oh my God. Wouldn't that be fascinating? We have to make a call.
0: Yeah. I I was reading an article uh, that was about boob physics and how they have to actually set the boobs up as part of the skeleton to make them move independently in games like Dead or Alive and other games where the boob physics are nuts.
1: I wonder, like, who is, like, the leading programmer on boob physics right now.
0: Sounds like it's still a a, a realm that they're still figuring out what to do.
1: Well, I just, I can't imagine, like, if this is your discipline, it's like, oh, man, I got to really hone down on the boobs, you know? Yeah. That must be a really fascinating job.
0: And it sounds like there's this give and take where the artists are like, all right, we put in this, this jiggle that is fairly realistic, maybe a little over the top, but, you know, it's there. And then the producers are like, oh, give me more. It needs to be more. Oh, my God.
1: Huh. Well, you know, hey, realism is really important now that we're approaching these VR headsets, et cetera. So <laughs> I appreciate their dedication to the craft.
0: Yeah, but uh, when the mender says above and beyond, oh, realism is not real enough. It needs to be more like flopping water balloons.
1: Um. Well, hey, you know, I was just thinking this. I'm a chick and boobs seem to be comprised of all kinds of different things. Like other ladies' boobs do different things than mine. So I wonder if there is like standard boob physics because some people are more muscular and some people have breast implants. And how do you, I don't know, how do you account for all of that? It's complex. Chris? It is
0: complex, but I think, you know, they are doing things where no human... Um, I mean, have you seen a Dead or Alive game in action?
1: <laughs> yes, I. but hey, I had seen a dead or, dead or Alive game prior to seeing boobs that big. I just assumed that boobs functioned that way.
0: And I think most game developers and young kids do.
1: <laughs> huh, yeah. I just was like, oh, I just don't have big enough boobs. That's why mine don't do that.
0: That's why if somebody nudges me in the shoulder, my boobs don't flop in 12 different directions for five minutes.
1: I think you're exaggerating. Uh, barely. I think you're exaggerating.
0: So barely.
1: <laughs> now I kind of want to just, we were going to talk about Call of Duty, but now I want to talk about boobs.
0: You know, <laughs> we could we could actually play some boobtacular games for next week.
1: <gasps> next week. Okay. Okay. But let's get back to Call of Duty because, yeah, story mode, fuck it.
0: Yeah. I played um, past Call of Duty story modes. I played, uh, God, the, the Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, I think. Back, Uh-oh. You know, that was kind of like when it first became a cultural phenomenon, I feel like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I was like, "Uh, these are fine. It's kind of boring, but whatever. Let me play Quake 3.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll say this for like story mode. It's their campaign mode, as they call it. It does give you an opportunity to learn all the different weapons and some of the mechanics that you'll learn in multiplayer. So it's useful for that. But... From my, from my perspective, every minute that you're wasting on campaign mode is a minute that everyone in multiplayer is getting better than you. If you don't get it on day one, everyone is going to fuck up your shit, dude. And the game, it pushes you
0: towards that. Because as I'm playing multiplayer, I'm getting things that make my guns better and make my mm-hmm. person better. And uh, you, you, when you start, you are less powerful.
1: Indeed. And you get your ass handed to you uh, relentlessly.
0: Yeah. I don't. I've only put a handful of hours into it. I'm mm-hmm. at like level 19
1: right now. Okay.
0: Um, I'm at a phase. I'm getting a level or two every time I play around. Is that does that continue or is this really just because it's early?
1: Um. Yeah. That. Well, it, it gets harder. It scales right as you go up in level. But to sort of give you some perspective around this arms race, so you're at level 19, mm-hmm. and I have prestiged five times.
0: Wow so so you've put like over 100 hours in this game
1: easily easily <laughs>
0: and it came out in november was that when it came indeed. out?
1: indeed yeah and i don't think i got it right like day one either um because i think i was sick or something and i the digital download didn't work so i was like a few days late on uh, installing it cool no not cool dude not cool everybody knew the maps better than me and it was just suckage
0: the maps are really complicated
1: yeah, so did you, are you just using the core maps right now or do you have any of the DLC maps?
0: I didn't buy anything additionally. Um, okay, cool. I'm just kind of doing the core and right now I'm still kind of like seeing a new map every like five games. I'm like, what? Wow. Uh, no, I, I feel like you have to play it a lot to understand these maps.
1: So, but uh, you have to play it a lot. Is that, that's your feeling. I feel compelled to play this game. And I just wonder where you stand there. It's like, are you playing it because it's homework, or are you playing it because you want to learn and know the game?
0: Well, it started because it was homework. And to be honest, like, I was a little mostly embarrassed to play this game because everyone on <laughs> Steam would see that I was playing Call of Duty. And they'd be like, they'd shake their indie heads and just kind of cry. You know, I, I almost actually played it in offline mode so no one would see.
1: Oh my god! It's not that bad! The stigma is pretty bad oh you and your pc master race
0: no but well i i got into it and i started playing and i was like this has an interesting feedback loop the the gameplay is visceral it's fast and i really like what they've done with the movement like the 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 movement it's it seems like in the past call of duties has always been kind of the same and this one Mm -hmm. is like you have a rocket pack and it can shoot you up or to the side or straight down
1: you know i think The Exos actually are a a nice leveling agent. And I think that one thing that people that they tried to do with advanced warfare, we had so I actually very briefly got to work on this game. I don't know if I mentioned that one thing that we would talk about is that, you know, there are these diehard Call of Duty fans and they're going to play and they're going to kick your ass. But there are all these other people who haven't played Call of Duty because they know there are these diehard Call of Duty fans who are going to play and kick your ass. There's this intimidation and there's this feeling that it's too late. And so they've taken steps in this game. And I think you can really see them if you've played the last several games, you know, to level the playing field. And I think exos were a great step in that direction. I think the way you prestige is a great step in that direction. The exo stims and the different ways you can modify your weapons and loadouts have been fantastic. And especially when you get the supply drops, You get a taste of what it's like to be, like, a big gun or a big dog because you get, like, a special item, like a, you know, a Goliath or a Vulcan. I I don't know if you've unlocked any of those yet.
0: I've unlocked a couple things. I had no idea what the supply drops were, and every time I tried to touch them, I got killed, so I stopped touching them (laughs) at all. I'm like, screw the supply drops, no. And uh, (laughs) it's curious to me, actually, that you think the mobility stuff has been a a leveling factor because it makes the game a lot more complicated than a standard, like, you know, running gun. But um, are you saying that it's kind of a leveler because it's new to everyone?
1: Yes, it's new to everyone. And also, you know, a lot of people focus on killing when you come to Call of Duty. And um, I'm a big ratios person. So my focus is always running away, staying alive. Right. And when you have uh, these exos, your evasive maneuvers are more complex. Yes. But um, allow you better range of movement. um more unpredictability from the viewpoint of your competitors, and I think that helps a lot when people are trying to avoid being killed.
0: What, what was curious to me is that the game seems to actually devalue human life to an extent that I haven't really seen a whole lot of games like. There is no cooldown when you die; you just respawn. No. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the game wasn't punishing me for dying almost at all. the The only punishment was seeing my numbers at the end. <laughs>
1: But, but for me, that's a terrible punishment. Like, I check my ratios co- constantly while I'm playing the game, right? And every time I die, I get totally frustrated. Um, but to sort of go back to that sort of visceral, immediate, respawning thing that you're talking about, my boyfriend, who's not a gamer, was trying to tell somebody why he actually likes Call of Duty, and he said that it reminds him of, like, being on a schoolyard and playing tag, It has that kind of tight feedback loop. It's like, I'm it, that guy tagged me, I'm going to get him. And I think it's really primal in that way. And the tight sort of like dead respawn, dead respawn thing just sort of amps it up so much more where you feel like, hey, this time I'm going to get that guy. And you're like running out there doing stupid shit. So you die again. Yeah. So I don't know. I find it I, exciting.
0: I felt compelled to continue doing stupid stuff all the time because dying <laughs> wasn't a problem. So it was like, all right, all right, I'll try out this weapon I've never tried. Oh, it's stupid, and I died. All right, let's try something else. Uh, it was cool, uh, and I liked that. You know, there there was no respawn time. It made each life feel not very significant, which is why I was saying <laughs> the whole thing about human life. You know, aside from that, uh, it was fun. I mean, I was engaged at all moments.
1: But what mode are you playing? Are you playing Team Deathmatch like an asshole, or are you playing Domination like a really cool person?
0: I, I don't even know what all the modes are. So I started on Team Deathmatch, and then I put in, um, what's it called? The one that's like a grab bag of everything. Uh, mosh, oh, pit. mosh Pit. And Mosh Pit has been cycling me basically through team, uh, through Team Deathmatch and through Capture the Flag, and that's all I've really played.
1: Oh, that's too oh, bad. Oh, is
0: domination the hard, the uh, ABC stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. I like that a lot. Actually, it reminds me a lot of Team Fortress, which I love.
1: Yes, and like, I would recommend that you just play domination when you're starting out, so you get to know the maps, because A, B, and C stay the same on the maps, you know, throughout. And yeah. that way, you get like these um, sort of landmarks that you can talk about or think about when you're playing the game, and you understand how people approach them from different angles. So yeah, play some domination straight up.
0: Now, what I did find annoying about those maps um, is the halftime switch. Like, <laughs> they don't have confidence that their maps are balanced enough, so they're just like, oh, we'll swap your spawning points midway through the game so that everyone gets an equal amount of time on both sides of the map. I almost feel like I would prefer a symmetrical map, you know, than that break.
1: Huh, that's interesting. Uh, Cause I, I don't see it as that, that the maps are unbalanced. I see it as like, Giving you the opportunity to understand, again, what angles people come at from different points. So if you're starting at point A and trying to get to C, you know, how, where are you going to go? Are you going to go around the bay or the helicopters? Or are you going to go over them? It just, I think it just gives you an opportunity to understand the maps in a different way.
0: Okay. Uh, I kind of feel like it would be better. Most of the games I played CTF with have been symmetrical. So... You learn one side, you know the other side inherently, you know? Meh. <laughs> it's not a big deal, it's just like, there's been a couple of times when I was lining up a sweet kill, and it would be like, half time, and I'd be like, why? <laughs> why? Keep your eyes on the clock, bro. There's a clock to watch, too? I'm already yeah, watching a mini-map, I'm watching, I'm watching the, the main game screen, I'm watching all this stuff.
1: That's some noob shit right there, because... <laughs> If like I, I see this all the time. Like someone, it's like two seconds to halftime, and someone calls in a supply drop, or a warbird, and they're like, "What were you wasted? That come on, bro."
0: Yeah, I have no idea Think what's going it. on with the UAVs and all that crazy nonsense. I've answer me this. So there's a couple times where it's like your UAVs ready. Press five, and I'm like, "All right," and I press five, and my dude starts playing a video game. And I start, you know, I can control my UAV and like shoot at things. Is my dude just really standing there and able to be killed at any point?
1: Okay, so it's not a UAV if you're controlling it. UAVs just go and scan the environment for you okay. and they make everybody red. But you probably some other
0: helicopter thing.
1: Yes, a Warbird. There's, a, you can also do a Vulcan or a missile strike. But yes, you are just standing there. So I would suggest before you activate any of those things, go to like a quiet little corner where you can be alone, and then maybe get down <laughs> on your tummy. <laughs> and um, hang out like that because, yeah, someone can come kill you.
0: You know, this is actually one of the situations where I feel like it's it, it doesn't make sense for the hardware, but in terms of control, the Wii U gamepad would be incredible because mm. you could play on the big screen and then look at the small screen to control your UAV or whatever, and then still be able to see what's going on in the big screen and jump out. Um, that was what I loved about Zombie U. It did that exactly with a lot of stuff, and it was. I feel like it would be a really good fit for a visceral sort of uh, fast-paced game like this. It'd be cool to have two screens.
1: Well, Call of Duty is on Wii U. I wonder how they've handled it.
0: The newest one is not.
1: Oh, bummer.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the last one was Cod Blops Two.
1: Well, Cod Blops Two is an excellent game, sir.
0: <laughs> I, I love just, I'm sad that I can't say I'm playing Cod Blops anymore. I'm just playing <laughs> Cod Adwa, Cod All. Not so as
1: I, I just want to bring up, since you bring up Cod Blops 2, when I was working with the Activision folks, you once said on my Facebook, can you get everyone to say Cod Blops 2? Yes. And I went into a meeting, and we were all calling it Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 2. And I said, but remember Cod Blops 2 And by the end of that meeting, every single person had said it once. Wow.
0: Yeah. You like memed them.
1: I know. And it was, I was really excited about it. Cod Blops too. I mean, it's so fun to say. Yes. And it was a great game. You should play that too, sir. And don't be embarrassed. Live your life. Be free.
0: Wait, so you're saying if I'm already playing a game, uh, I should go back and play the, the older game in the same series? Like, Isn't this multiplayer better than that last one?
1: They're just different maps, right? And so there are some maps for which I still hold like a special place in my heart. There's never going to be another Nuketown. Nuketown, Nuketown was such a fantastic (laughs) map. I wish you could see me holding my arms up in victory here, Chris, because Nuketown, I mean, maybe it was a polarizing map, but that was some fun-ass shit. It was just this tiny map and you could die instantly from a thrown grenade and there was nowhere to run, and the excitement was just ah uh, visceral. I loved it.
0: Dude, I think melee is overpowered. I'm gonna go on record.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Good. Dude's just running around and you're dead. You're just instantly dead. <laughs> Instant dead.
1: Oh come on. <laughs>
0: Fine. It just well, makes you. It makes you play different for sure, and you can die at any range in this game.
1: Melee, especially in advanced warfare, you've got your exo on, right? So it's like robot powering your arm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean...
1: And you've got talk- a science knife.
0: If you're talking about, like, the lore, why that happens, sure. Okay. You know, I'm talking about the gameplay, you know? Okay. It's yeah. Like, oh, I died. Oh, I died. And it's cool to do it to other people, but even then it kind of feels like a hollow <laughs> victory. It's like, that guy was just looking somewhere else.
1: <laughs> See, I never feel that way. If I get to melee a bitch, I feel so stoked. Because it's like, I'm so sneaky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know if you are, though. Uh, shh. I'm so sneaky. So you play, you play, it sounds like you play sl- uh, kind of a slower-paced game where you back off and, and pick your your battles really, really effectively.
1: And, you know, if I were smart, I would, but I'm not because sometimes I just get all wrapped up in it, and I'm like, I'm going yeah, to take B. Like
0: everyone I was playing with, they, they were just kind of hurling their bodies into chaos and just, like, jumping and flying around and shooting everything and dying all the time. Um, I, did, <laughs> I didn't see a whole lot of people, like, you know, using cover or whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, there really isn't cover per se, because there are so many angles. That's again, get to know your maps because you think you're blocking, you know, your left or your right flank. You're not. There's a way to get you. So, I mean, cover is just sort of a false sense of security. Um, I do tell myself often, you're rushing, you're rushing, stop rushing. And I kind of back off and take my time, because the nice thing about Call of Duty is I know that other people are trying to kill me. So they're going to come get me eventually. I do mentally know that I should not rush so much, but um, sometimes so, it's just overwhelming.
0: So in this game, you're not, there's a mini map where you can see your your friends and sometimes your enemies, and the enemies you can only see in certain specific scenarios, like when they're firing a gun or if they're using their super exo-hoppy skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever, like, fire your gun on purpose to be seen to to set up, like, an ambush? Have you done that?
1: Yes. Cool. Um, there used to be grenades that you could use for that purpose. Like, you could throw a grenade over to your left, and people would go and check it out, and you would, you know, go get them. But, yeah, I would do that. But um, right now, my current loadout ha- is so that all my perks make it so you can't see me on the minimap at all. Yes. So, and even, even when, when you're, you are have... like,
0: shooting a gun and using your suit.
1: Absolutely. So, like, yeah. I-, I need to focus on not dying. Pretty sure that's my my big issue. I can kill everybody, but I die, and that makes my ratio shit. So I just try to avoid people, work on my evasive maneuvers, and take my time.
0: Now, your ratio doesn't affect anything in the game. That's just kind of your personal bragging, right? Yes, absolutely. Like, no one in the game cares. No one but cares but you
1: about your kill-death ratio. You know what? People will ask. So I mean, other people who play COD will ask me, so what's your KD? i mean i do i think about my kd a lot but i think a better measure is your win-loss ratio because play the objective assholes you know if you want to just kill fuckers play team deathmatch and get out of my game but if you're gonna play domination or hardpoint or anything else uplink play the objective so we can win a game um so i'm I'm coming around to think that win-loss is a better uh mark of how you're doing in the game
0: yeah, especially when you're playing games like Capture the Flag, where I was playing Capture the Flag and my, my ratio went to hell because I was actually trying to capture things. Yeah. And I my, my score was high and our team won, but my kill death was terrible.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and ultimately it's a game and you paid for it, so you get out of it what you want. If you don't care about any ratios, but you're having fun, that's awesome. Do that. It's just that for me, I don't know, there's a competitive streak in me. And especially because I'm playing with my boyfriend and hes I'm competing with him, my KD matters. I need to be better than him. That's right, right? That's a good relationship thing, right? Yeah, Internal it's a totally good relationship yeah. Thing. yeah. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you should be shooting your boyfriend at any any moment you can.
1: No, he's always on my team, bro. It's just that, hey, I'm performing better than him. And I think that I deserve a, a round of applause, everyone, for so that. So you two
0: are pretty um, com- competitive, like comparative, I guess, in this
1: yes um like who is prestiging faster whose ratio is better um ben will often get very angry yell "fuck" really loudly and say i'm gonna stop playing the objective just so that he can um increase his kills to (laughs) compete with me
0: there's there's, there's a lot of competing factors in playing this game i can already tell
1: (laughs) yes it's 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 fun though it's bringing us closer together chris
0: i believe it bringing you closer together to curse louder
1: Yes. Well, he, he is just... You should see it sometime. You know, yeah. I have a potty mouth, but Call of Duty just sets that fucker off.
0: Yeah, I'm going to play the game a bunch more, I think, because it is fun. It's,
1: Yay!
0: It's, the community, like, it's, it's it's been a little hot and cold. I, I came into one match where people were trash-talking over their mics, and it was awful and hilarious at the same time. But th- this one guy was talking a bunch, and he had an, he did uh, legitimately had an annoying voice. <laughs> 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 and so other people were like, dude stop talking your voice is hurting my ears and uh the guy was like you know i've I've noticed there's a lot of people retarded is outmoded now it is autistic which is (laughs) i feel worse um because it's it's terrible to be hurling that around but people like oh man this guy's autistic and the guy's like actually i have a phd in physics and um
1: how are those mutually exclusive
0: They're not. Right. I was like, I feel like I know lots of people in like engineering and physics who are are, somewhere on that autism scale. But it was just you don't come back with that. Like he just got (laughs) torn apart. Right. Like they're like, yeah, right. But I'm I'm almost certain that this guy actually has a Ph.D. in physics. Like there's no way he didn't the the way that he was talking and acting. You just don't go on a video game and, and use that to defend yourself.
1: You know, I think that talking on video games, especially Call of Duty, is hit and miss. I've gone on there, and like literally, there will be people blasting music over their mics or babies crying in the background, and you mute them right away. But then sometimes you get a couple of folks who are really helpful, who are like, hey, there, someone's coming, you know, up the stairs at B, and then you're prepared. And so it's it's really hit and miss. I try to be as helpful as possible, but in general, I think that if you're playing with me, you should mute your mic because it's all just fuck, you know, just a lot of angry yelling. Um, <laughs> it's unavoidable. But you know, there are it's there are some good people out there in the community. There's it's a range of folks which I like.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious to find some more. I, I the last game that I really used my headset for a bunch was Team Fortress, and there were some great people in there, and you really get to know your team. Mm-hmm. In this so far, like it's. The teams kind of seem incidental, like you don't really care who you're with as long as their numbers are high. Um, <laughs> you're not really talking or communicating much, but you should be. You like, I feel like you would be totally more effective in domination. Domination,
1: yeah. Can I it, give you a couple of tips? Are you using a, like a controller or using a mouse?
0: I'm using a mouse and keyboard.
1: Oh, okay. Then never mind.
0: I feel like if I wasn't using a mouse and keyboard, I would be getting destroyed in this on the PC. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, I have never done it with a mouse and keyboard. But there are just so many things that I've learned over the years that I think are extremely helpful for people using a controller. Yeah. If I may share them with you. Yeah, like it, what what sort of things? Turn off vibration, everyone. Hmm. Turn off vibration. If you're like missing someone by just sort of a fraction of a hair of a whatever... Um, that vibrate's not going to help you, right? It's going to get your hands off just a little bit, and yes. it's going to make you, I mean, you can see you're going to be hit by like the red that comes onto your screen, and, and also just avoid getting hit, vibration, turn it off. And then um, the other thing that helped me a lot, there's the default controller mapping, switch to tactical. This uh, switches that um, your right thumbstick, clicking it to um, going prone. The reason I think this is important is How often are you going to melee a dude? Probably not that often if you're playing with good people. So you don't really need it at the touch of a butter, right? But if it's there, you really want to avoid other people, probably, and stay alive. So yeah, getting prone, map it to your right thumbstick. That's like a huge thing. It changed my game.
0: You should work for GamePro.
1: (laughs) Pro tips, everyone. But yeah, those are huge. Those are huge for me.
0: I I hope uh, that helps some of our controller playing Call of Duty. Uh, Listeners,
1: I hope it uh, doesn't help anyone who plays against me, though.
0: (laughs) If you're playing against Marie, if you see Marie the Bee, just stop doing that and uh, play with your feet. Try that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just walk in front of me and I will shoot you and it'll be really great. I'll say, yay, high five. And you'll be like, yay.
0: So I've been spending my week playing, uh, you know, this triple A super Kevin Spacey face game. (laughs) Lots of money. (laughs) Lots of people playing it. And uh, it sounds like you've been doing quite the opposite.
1: Yes. um, You know, there just aren't a whole lot of games on consoles right now that I want to play. So I have turned my attention towards the indies, Chris.
0: The dark side? Light side? I don't even know. It's It's a side.
1: side. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been playing a lot of indies, like a lot of games that I've missed over the last couple years because of so many big, like Dragon Age Inquisition, that took up 200 hours of my time. So I've missed a lot of indies, Um, playing them on Steam. I've been playing a lot of puzzlers. The game that I've just most recently played is the new release, newly released Hotline Miami 2. That game is kicking my ass.
0: That game does that. That's kind of its M.O.
1: I was unfamiliar with how much my ass would get kicked, and I feel like I might be doing something wrong.
0: Maybe. I think it, the game is about teaching you how to play it. Uh, now, for our viewers, listeners, <laughs> whatever, Hotline Miami <laughs> is a, a, a top-down action game, all 2D, very rudimentary graphics where you run around and basically try to eliminate houses filled with people, kill them all in, the, in these brutal, terrible ways, uh, but you die a lot, a lot.
1: Like super a lot, more so than like, like, I feel like there should be like a running counter of how many times I've died just so I know, you know, like click one.
0: Two. You know it would be cool if that game had um, the Super Meat Boy death cam?
1: Yeah, like that would be amazing.
0: A hundred versions of yourself failing simultaneously, that'd be cool.
1: That would be fantastic. I actually um know Cactus uh, Janatan Soderstrom, who's uh, one of the developers of this game. We so interviewed I- him
0: on this very website.
1: Indeed, we did. So I I will send him a message that we would like that, and he will ignore it.
0: <laughs> yes, he's like I'm big time now. Yeah, I was only talking to you because I was small potatoes, but now I'm big time.
1: Yeah, I'm important. Thanks for trying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I sent a couple emails like that that this week too. <laughs>
1: send an email like that oh i'll never do that anywho this game is hard and i feel embarrassed i was streaming it on the twitch like the kids do and then strangers started watching me and i felt so self-conscious and so embarrassed by all the dying
0: but were they even like uh were they making fun of you
1: no no one would say anything which makes it worse They would just sit and watch. And you know, they could at least like, you know, say something about asking me to show boobs or you know, something where I could be like, You guys suck. But no, they're just silently judging. That hurt even more. Your kill
0: death ratio in that game must be awful.
1: (laughs) It's so bad. I'm so glad they don't keep track of it. But point
0: zero zero eight.
1: Oh, it can't even be that it's so, so bad. I would, sometimes it would just seem absurd. I would walk into a room and immediately die. And I'm like, why, who, who shot me? I didn't see you, dude. And I, I can't even tell because of the graphics, you know, the way they are. Like, is this a thing that I'm interacting with? Is this blood on the ground or is that just a color? I just, ah, uh, my brain hurt. My brain hurt, Chris.
0: And it doesn't help that the whole room is kind of spinning the entire time. And, you know, it's it's very psychedelic, very drug-influenced, I guess. I would, say, would say so. Say.
1: Yeah. But am, I, am I doing it wrong? Uh, I,
0: I feel like the game is more of a puzzle game almost hmm. than an action game. Like, there's a huge section of, like, Twitch action for sure, but, like, the puzzle is figuring out how to get through these rooms without dying. I think you kind of just have to attack each room as a problem to solve.
1: Uh that sounds like all intelligent and esoteric and that's not how I play games, sir.
0: <laughs> you were just telling me about all these strategies you were doing in Call of Duty and that game is complicated. That game is like, here are all of these guns and here are all these attachments and what loadout do you want to make? By the way, that game has a terrible UI. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> The menus are awful.
1: Well, you should have seen like previous ones. It's, I mean, you're saying
0: it got It got better.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, this one was made by Sledgehammer, and I always like it when they make the game. I don't know if you know that, like the Call of Duty annual releases are sort of handed off between Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer. Yes. Yeah, so Sledgehammer does a great job, I think. Not that Infinity War does a terrible job, but I think they're good. Anywho, so I think it's pretty reasonable. I understand what I'm doing. I understand what my loadouts are. I mean, if you want to bypass all that loadout shit, just fucking Google popular COD-AW <laughs> loadouts, <laughs> and then you'll see. Like, um, I play with an ASM-1. It was the most popular gun at the last Call of Duty big tournament, and I'm really happy that I have it.
0: Now in Hotline, Hotline Miami though, there's no question as to what is necessarily going on. Like you are, <laughs> you are shoulders and a head, and you're running around with a gun shooting. Like, you know, you, you're not worried about like the mobility of your gun or the the <laughs> any of those stats. There aren't stats.
1: You just kind of shoot things. Well, sometimes I think I have a chain. And that's that's the thing. I can't tell what everything is. So I'm like, what is is this a weapon? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bat. Sometimes I have a bat. I feel like I'm that's grossly underpowered when I'm up against a machine gun. Uncool.
0: But then you throw it in their face, and that's really hilarious.
1: Uh, see, but I'm like, okay, I'm playing on PS4, and I have to say this is really nitpicky, but who the fuck uses R1 as an attack button? <laughs> right? That's your right bumper? What the fuck is that?
0: Who They're did this? To, they are way easier to press than the triggers, I would argue, though.
1: But the but the R1 is like throw a grenade. I mean maybe it's because I'm a Call of Duty person, but R1 is like throw shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough. And I like fiddled with like remapping my controller, but then I'm like already used to the way it was and it's so confusing.
0: Ah. So are you enjoying it or not not you're not sure yet?
1: Um it's sort of like in that realm where I was with The Binding of Isaac, where I you know, I'm on that cusp of fuck this. But then I'm, it's alluring in a way. I want to be, I want to better myself and best this game.
0: That's a great feeling. I love that feeling.
1: <laughs> You're getting to me, Chris, and that's evil.
0: I feel like uh, Isaac b- broke through that for you. Like you were playing that game for fun.
1: Yeah. Um. The other night, Ben walked into the other room to like put some food together for us. And I really quickly played some Isaac. Great. Great. I know, it's is really creepy and weird. <laughs> Who am I? What have I become?
0: Yeah, I'll play Isaac like every other day still. Like,
1: I'm going to wind down, play some
0: Isaac. It's a good thing for winding down, strangely enough.
1: May I make a suggestion to listeners? Um, watching Chris stream Isaac on Twitch is fascinating. So next time he does that, I, I suggest everybody go and watch it because he's really good. and I learned all kinds of stuff.
0: I'm going to have to put um, our Twitch streams on, on the site, actually. We should do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, well, that would be smart.
0: <laughs> Both Marie and I are kind of dipping our toe into this this world of streaming as we're playing video games. And Marie's done it a whole lot more than me. I've only done it once, but it's sort of fun. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, that sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. Why are the kids wasting their time doing this? But once you get into it, you're like, all right, there's something here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally dismissed it. I did not understand. I was like, oh, this is a generational thing. But honestly, I mean, I... I streamed once and having you talk to me was so helpful, but I learned things from watching you. And that was just infinitely awesome. And just watching, you know, because of the lag in the comments, it's not as though you were really directly interacting with me, but just watching you play helped me understand how to approach the game. And I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah. I'm going to have to watch. You, you got to stream some Call of Duty so I can learn.
1: You're not going to learn from me. (laughs) There there are a lot better people out there, I promise. But I wish we could play together.
0: You just got to move over here. We got it done.
1: Okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. Excuse me a moment. I'm going to just pick up my shit. I'll be right over. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: you've been playing this game because you're saying there's not much to play.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you heard the news this morning, for instance, that the one other game I was looking forward to this year, Uncharted 4 has been delayed to spring of 2016.
0: That's a big delay.
1: That is a big delay, but you know what? Because I'm so diehard, I'm gonna say, it's probably gonna be worth it.
0: I think it's usually worth it when games are delayed. Uh, yes. I mean, you don't want them pushed out early, and we know that the game industry is all about push, push, rush, rush. Meet. You have to make this uh, this holiday season or else company over.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think your boy Shigeru Miyamoto once said that a delayed game is eventually good, a rushed game is bad forever.
0: I love that quote as well.
1: Yes, Um, wise man. So I'm still looking forward to it, but now I just feel like there's this wasteland of nothing ahead of me for consoles. And I'm such a diehard console person, I feel embarrassed.
0: Coming from the same studio of the guy who said that, you know, we're getting a brand new open world Legend of Zelda this year. Definitely coming out in November.
1: (laughs) Definitely coming out, you say?
0: Yeah. Um, they, basically, the CEO and uh, the, the director on the game is like, it's happening this year. It's definitely happening. Like, we're going to die, but it's happening.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. November yeah, we'll is a see. long time away.
0: It really is. I, I hope they had a lot done before then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll even have a Wii U by then. Who knows? Who
0: knows? The future. I- I feel like that's a game you might even get into um, because Skyrim and uh, Zelda with Skyrim is like Skyrim with good fighting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just don't know. I feel like it's one of those things, just like how people don't feel they can pick up Call of Duty. You know, I haven't played a Zelda game in so long. The lore, am I lost? Do I, am I not a true fan? Am I going to be judged for coming into the game now? I don't know.
0: Let me tell you this as a diehard Nintendo guy who's played... Every Zelda ever, you're not missing anything.
1: (laughs) There is no lore
0: to miss out on. There is no gameplay to miss out on. You can drop in any of the Zeldas, really. Okay. It doesn't matter. It is not... The the series does not maintain any sort of um, narrative consistency, even within itself. Like, it doesn't matter.
1: Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, open world. You had me at open world. That's how I roll.
0: See, what are we going to play this summer? I mean, there's is what's coming out like if you're not excited about it, i mean i guess it's gonna be indie time it's gonna be playing indie time the... it's gonna be steam like there's so much to play there to yeah up on.
1: i have a huge backlog of indies that i need to go through so i'm definitely going to try to stream that because i'm sure the twitch the twitch people are going to be really into the indie game <laughs> Dude, i think they might
0: like on twitch everyone's streaming call of duty but uh... yes
1: or dota or league yeah i'm gonna do that and, and i think you had a good idea earlier i, I think we should Maybe investigate further this boobs physics thing.
0: Okay, so let's pick out some boobs physics heavy games. Yes. And uh, we'll play them for next time. I'm not really sure what those will be yet. Like, the only one that came to mind right there was, was Dead or Alive. Dead but or I know alive. there are there are worse, more egregious offenders, especially when you get into, like, the, the Japanese crazy Bayonetta,
1: games. right?
0: You know, Bayonetta actually isn't a whole lot of bounce in it.
1: Huh. Uh... I want
0: to play Bayonetta. Like, I have it sitting there, and I've been kind of, like... Waiting for a rainy day to play that game.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Um, I think we're going to have to go, like, Japanese.
0: Yeah. We'll figure it out. I think think, uh, folks will be interested to see the games we pick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I suggest a video podcast for that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, and I hope you are enjoying... uh, Here, we're enjoying spring. It's actually getting warm for the first time. I hope you enjoy Wednesday over there in San Francisco.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's, you know, 70 degrees and sunny, but whatever. Yeah, you have snow on your beaches, dude. That's fucked up. Just saying. We do.
0: It snows here in the winter. (laughs) New Jersey gets snow.
1: On a beach. What the fuck? (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, that's beside the point. Let's play some COD.
0: Let's do it. All right, I'll catch you later.
1: Bye.